there, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 16 of the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name is Aaron Santemeyer, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we have the phenomenal opportunity to sit down with Dr. Dodds. And this is a special episode um, specifically for mothers, to celebrate mothers and to thank them for all they do for us. Um, obviously, I'm not a mom, but I uh, wanted to invite Dr. Dodds as she has um, experience of being a mother and raising children on the field, and then her s- specific um, skills and talents and resources of being a, a therapist and working with missionaries as they they grow and develop. And I thought she was uniquely positioned um, for today's episode, and she does. We we have great discussion about joys and challenges of raising infants, joys and challenges of raising toddlers and school children and on the mission field and then uh, joys and challenges of when your kids go off to college and then when they get married and then and and challenges of celebrating mother's day in a in a foreign um context and maybe far, far away from your mom what that looks like and just some joys that um, can come from that of creating new traditions and new things in our life and so it was just great to learn from her um once again today she did include um some resources that I'll put the notes for those um, I'll put the links for those in the notes. One is two paradigms for parenting. The second one is 10 outcomes of family of origin. And then the third one is 10 gifts to give your children. And just some valuable resources for moms. And we do want to thank our moms for all that they do and, uh, and the joy um, serving overseas, um, proclaiming the love of Jesus Christ. Do want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, which is Central Assembly of God and Pastor Doug Seaman in Cumberland, Maryland. Caring for each person, connecting each story, and celebrating each miracle. Well, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. Uh, this podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name is Aaron Santemeyer, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we are back with our good friend, Dr. Dodds, to, um, to speak about uh, motherhood and motherhood specifically on the mission field. Dr. Dodds, it's so great to have you back with us again today. Thank you, Aaron. I am really privileged to be with you. And I, I'm so thankful that you invited me because this is one of my favorite things in the world. Great. Dr. Dodds, for those who um, didn't listen to our first podcast together, could you just take a, a minute or two and just share about you and your ministry and your heart for missionaries? Well, yes, thank you. Uh, my husband, Dr. Larry Dodds, and I, both from childhood, felt called of God to be missionaries. So when we met, uh, we did further training. We joined with the Bible translators. We went off to Peru. We thought it would be forever to live in the Amazon. And in the Amazon rainforest, we brought up our children at a place called Urinacocha. We were there for 14 years, uh, during which time my husband became very exhausted and we eventually left because of burnout. That was before it had a name. As a result of our years in Peru, loving the work that we did, but in the end, uh, Larry being so exhausted, he couldn't continue. Uh, We came back to the States and sought God for the next chapter. What the Lord showed us is that his call was on our lives, not just to the place. And so as we prepared for further service, the Lord led us to start HeartStream Resources so that in one place, other missionaries who were in distress could come and get help, medical help, counseling, 
uh, spiritual care. Uh, in those days, uh, there were very, very few places a missionary could go, and they were quite expensive. So anyway, God led us to start Heartstring Resources, which we did in 1992. Wow. So missionaries come now from around the world uh, for spiritual care, medical oversight, um, nutritional guidance, counseling, uh, any form of therapy that we can squeeze in, we add to the mix. So in a residential program where missionaries typically are in a small group of about 15 to 20, hmm. we offer all of services, and God has been so faithful. So we've been very, very privileged to have hundreds and hundreds of people come, stay in our own home and our extra houses. And uh, we see God do wonderful works of healing for those who are just worn out in service. We also have people come uh, who are evacuated or in crisis. Uh, So my work is uh, as a developmental psychologist and counselor. So um, I'm just grateful the Lord has allowed me to continue since the death of my husband two years ago. So HeartStream is still here for anyone who needs us. Amazing. Amazing. And uh, we thank you for your ministry and your heart to care for, for missionaries around the world. Dr. Dodds, today we're going to be discussing motherhood and specifically motherhood on the mission field. And uh, I just thought it'd be great just to start off with a, a first question. Just what do you remember um, most about being a mother on the mission field? Well, I remember the wonderful challenges, challenges which were sometimes difficult, but mostly wonderful. And I had the opportunity through our years in mission to observe dozens of families, by now even hundreds of families, and to take note of what the particular challenges are, but also the particular joys. What I would most like to say is I learned quite early that a child's development and well-being is more a family style matter, that is how you as parents interact, than it is a matter of where in the world God has called you. Hmm. Place the the host culture have far less impact on children than their parents' style. Uh, I didn't think that would be true when they started out, but I found that out watching hundreds of different families. Um, and healthy parenting can happen in the homeland, wherever the homeland is, or it can happen on the field. Being on the field doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be good parents. There's just a lot involved in parenting besides the call of God into missions. So um, I, I want to illustrate this with one of the things God blessed me with is, um, is writing. So <laughs> early on in a field, I wrote an article called 10 Gifts to Give Your Children. Now, my own children were still quite young, uh, but Michael was old enough to read. He picked up the magazine with my article one day and having learned from his daddy to always start at the back of the magazine, he started reading the article backwards. Now, this is kind of you know what we call a nerdy kid nowadays. So he's reading the article and he's commenting as he goes, Mom, you do this. Hey, Mom, this is what you also do. And he goes all the way to the front, which were you know several pages to the front of the magazine. But he said to me along the way, well, have you read this? I said, yes. And then he got to the front and he lit out a big laugh. He said, you wrote it. 
Wow. Oh, that was the most wonderful affirmation to me that my own child, old enough to read, could read that article and say, Mom, you do this, you do this. Things like you smile at us, you listen to us when we talk. Well, that was one highlight for me. Yeah. But, but in that way and through other opportunities, I saw that children in missions have a, really a great blessing, a great calling, incredible opportunities to learn about the world, amazing opportunities to see their parents and other adults model what it means to love the world on Jesus' behalf. I also observed, and I, I always think of this, that um, when a family, that is when parents incorporate their children into the ministry, the children benefit enormously. And so does the ministry. And that's opposite to some families that keep their ministry and their children separate. Those children have a much harder time accepting what the parents do. So I remember very close family ties. Uh, in our years in the Amazon, of course it was before videos or other entertainments. So the close, close family times that we had and with other families truly shaped our children. And it holds great, wonderful memories for us. Wow. There were hardships, of course. But the wonderful part, Erin, is that um, our time together, especially in serving other people, as we serve the Lord, uh, really made for a very rich life. Wow. Dr. Dodds, as we, this, this podcast will be um, released around Mother's Day. Do you have a favorite uh, Mother's Day memory from when you were serving on the field? I know Mother's Day looks different um, for everybody. And, um, you know, I know when we lived in Madagascar, they celebrated it earlier than the American holidays. And, but do you just have a favorite memory or story from a Mother's Day on the field? Well, you know, I have a lot of favorites. Uh, my children all learned to cook cook early and they would make me cards and cut flowers from the, you know, the jungle. Um, but I want to confess that the hardest memory, and maybe that will help some other mother, is when I blew it. Because hmm. I really blew it one day. I think my youngest son was six or seven. He spilled a gallon of varnish. Can you imagine? <laughs> or the back porch. But you know, I scolded him and said, Michael, why didn't you help? Why didn't you ask me for help? At which point he says, Mom, I wanted to surprise you because I'm making a Mother's Day present for you and I didn't want to ask for your help because then you would know. Wow. Well, that took quick tensions on my part. Um, so sometimes our mothering is, uh, you know, has regrets in it. We make mistakes. Now, the nice thing is my son quickly forgave me and he was able to make the gift he wanted. But um, that's actually the example that came to my mind with your question, Erin. Wow. So I just want to encourage moms, you know, we, we do blow it sometimes, but get it right most of the time. That's what counts. Amen. Amen. Dr. Dodds, I wanted to um, 
also ask you just a question about the different seasons or stages of motherhood and some of the different joys and challenges as you see mothers come um, through Heartstreams Ministries and you have interacted with mothers on the field and just thought we would just kind of, I broke them down into infant years, toddler years, school age, um, going to college and start when when their kids start their own family. But can we just maybe go through those? What are some of the joys and challenges of serving on the mission field with kids that are in their infant years? Well, of course, the biggest concern is safety. Hmm. Uh, some of us can, places where there are lots of snakes or spiders or uh, other dangers we wouldn't face in the homeland. So the infant years, the big challenge is, of course, is safety. Sometimes nutrition is a challenge. We may not have the foods we value, but the joy is in the development of this little person a little person that you see day by day just becoming more and more alive. So it's a wonderful period of time. Of course, it's very intensive, but what I want to assure every mother is, I'll tell you, every moment pays off in the development of this little person. So I love the infancy years. Um, There's something enormously enriching in seeing that what you give to a baby whether it's breastfeeding or holding, nurturing in any form, it just bears wonderful fruit. <laughs> and when I, you know, getting into toddlerhood, that's another joyful time because the child is learning about the world. They always look to mom and dad, am I safe? Is it okay? Can I touch this? Can I not touch that? What I found especially enjoyable then is Again, this little person is getting to know Jesus, already can start to know the word of God and this um, development, learning to accept all people. I notice babies and toddlers, um, they are just as comfortable in the arms of a person of a different color as Mm. what their parents might. And, And they're accepting of people of all types. Now, the other thing that's fun is you watch the child develop the sense that they can make a difference in the life of another person. Hmm. I want to tell you what, one of my special stories. Um, one of my friends came to me one day and she was crying and she said, oh, I'm so ashamed because of what happened today. She said before work, her, she and her husband had a little tit for tat and, and he left for work and she was crying. Their three-year-old daughter, Rebecca, saw her mommy's tears and she said to her mommy, now you just sit right down. I'm gonna sing to you until you feel better. Wow. So this little little three-year-old was singing to her mom in empathy. Wow. Now my friend felt embarrassed about that, but I said, no, it's a wonderful example that what you have taught her, she's already learned by age three to care for you that her singing to you will help you feel better. So this to me is a delightful age being toddlers. Yeah. And the toddler can learn, I can help mommy by putting the spoons on the table. Uh, so this is, it's a delightful age. Of course, again, the, the challenge is to keep the child safe. No uh, rabbit dog bites, you know, don't let them drown in the creek. A lot of the same hazards uh, of any place, but some women um, on the mission field are in locations where they really do have to be more watchful. Yeah. But it's, again, an awesome age, 
this little person learning they can make a difference in the world already, even at age three. Yeah, that's amazing. And then as we moved into the school age, you know, I know that's been a stressor um, for our family at times with schooling and all that. What are some of the challenges once your kids get into the school and and the education and all that, the components um, for school age children, Dr. Dodds? That's a good question to Aaron. Again, challenges include, of course, being in a different language and culture. If your child goes to a local school, that can pose real challenges because the style of learning may be different. Um, their, their grading may not match the homeland when they go back home. For instance, our Korean colleagues tell us that's a big problem for Korean children growing up abroad, trying to fit back into the system. Um, it's hard sometimes to get resources, especially if you're in an isolated setting and you're doing homeschooling. Uh, but if we add it all up, there are far more benefits than challenges. Hmm. This is the age when kids love to learn. There's great joy in learning for them. They can learn many skills, cooking, baking, making candles, making yogurt, making peanut butter, um, planting a garden. Just the joy of learning and, of course, being at home in other languages and cultures it really is setting them on a journey, which by adulthood makes them rare and treasured adults. This is also a time uh, when children are not yet worried about the larger world, so they can just soak up art and reading and books and knowledge of the scriptures and continue in the joy of learning. But they also are at an age, especially getting into third, fourth, fifth grade, to start serving other people. And again, discovering they're important in the world because they make a difference for other people. So I guess I love every age and stage. So for sure. I want to encourage you to enjoy every age and stage. They're all productive. And um, again, the whole process of rearing your child, nurturing is just, it's very, very fulfilling. Yeah. And then getting into high school, uh, the challenges for many families is whether the um, teenager can stay with the family or has to go away to boarding school or somewhere else. Uh, This is probably the biggest heartbreak. If you're in a location where your high school students can't be with you, making a decision of where they should go is really difficult. The wonderful part is seeing your teens becoming more independent What I've observed is that they become more independent in positive ways than their peers in the homeland because, again, the travel, the exposure to cultures and languages, uh, they just see the wider world more often than a child in any particular homeland. Uh, But again, if they have to leave home for their education, that can be really heartbreaking. Um, But what we see is children, teenagers, who really are learning the joys of adulthood. And in our circumstances in Peru, many of our teenagers took on full adult responsibilities at quite an early age and uh, are so much richer because of it. But what I want to encourage you to is if if your teens are still home with you, make every proactive effort to prepare them for going off to college. 
Uh, I have to say this is harder on missionary families because usually it means their kids are going to be farther, much farther from home. That means they need to be even better prepared for young adult independence, which we want them also to know is going to lead them into greater interdependence. So the maturity I see among uh, MKs, it's always way above what their peers in the homeland experience. Hmm. Um, I remember when, um, one of our supporters, when we were on furlough, said, wow, how can you stay in touch with your children? How can you see them so often, you know, when you live in Peru and they live in the U.S.? So I laughed and said, you know, you could do that too if you spend half your annual income on travel. Yeah. And that was literally for us for a few years. Yeah. But uh, again, the joy of seeing that your teenagers have turned into these wonderful young adults. Now, we know historically and in research, MKs um, populate the world in wonderful high places. They're more likely to get scholarships to succeed in their academic life. And they're well prepared, especially for things like international service because of language and culture, just knowing the bigger world. Wow. Now, it can also bring some depression on relationship issues because MKs are used to helping and rescuing. So one of the cautions is, and this is where you can be proactive with your children, is help them see the difference between in your mission setting where you as a family or as a team, you reach out and help a lot of people. One individual MK in a college setting doesn't have all the resources to do the rescuing. Hmm. So that's a clock um, just to help them understand if someone else is really needy, they can connect them with help, not necessarily try to provide all of it for themselves. And then I think the hardest area for most of us is the romantic relationships our children are going to enter into. So that takes a lot of prayer, a lot of faith, a lot of guidance, and probably a lot of midnight phone calls. <laughs> now, our we didn't have uh, phones, but we wrote lots of letters because uh, young adulthood in college brings with it all the romantic opportunities. The good news is how many MKs find each other. Yeah. So when our children got married, we had wedding parties with eight or 10 countries represented. It was just amazing. So uh, looking for other MKs seems just to be a natural um, situation for MKs when they are in college and they give a lot of support to each other. They have more in common even if one grew up in Zimbabwe and one in Switzerland, they have more in common because of that mission experience than they do with peers in either homeland. Wow. So wow. I, I love this age too, our children. It's just, I'd say you have to keep on increasing your faith yeah. when your children are far from home. For sure, for sure. 
Dr. Dodds, I wanted to ask you a question um, to, you know, there's this ever increasing pressure that I see. I'm, I'm a father, but an ever increasing pressure on moms to be this perfect mom or this Pinterest mom. And uh, with Facebook and uh, all of the different social medias that are available, do you see this um, impacting mothers that are on the mission field with, with trying to live up to maybe a standard from their home country that maybe is not possible in the country where they're living at? Is there pressures there or is that just a, a man looking from the outside in? What, what have you seen? Well, I think the pressures are real. I don't think they're that different. They come now through Pinterest or the internet. They've always been there. Hmm. Every mother wanted to demonstrate that she's a good mother, have healthy kids she can be proud of. So I don't think the actual pressures are different, Erin. I think just the means by which those um, expectations are communicated may be different. Hmm. Um, but, you know, um, I think a mother has to be centered in the Lord to seek what is best for her child. And that's not always to have the latest of everything. Hmm. Um, home cultures can put inordinate pressures on kids. I mean, just look now, for instance, the impact of social media on teenagers and the rate of suicide. Well, this is, a, would say, a terrible trend based on expectations that every kid has to have a phone, but it's more harmful than helpful. So I think staying centered in the Lord to say, what does good mothering mean for me and my child and our family? And seeking balance is the key. Hmm. Now, hmm. as a developmental psychologist, see, I can tell you a child-centered home is not the best home for your child. I know that might sound funny, but you don't want a family that's focused on the children. You want a family that's focused on the well-being of everyone in the family and focused on something higher than themselves. So uh, if a mom tries too hard to give a child everything, it can actually be detrimental. Children learn best when they're part of an important group like the family and the community and they're not catered to for everything. Now, providing for their needs for nurturing can be different from what, let's say, the expectations are about being the best mother. Um, children don't necessarily grow healthier with home-baked cookies, <laughs> though those are wonderful. That's not the measure of, of the resources that help them to develop. So what a mom models, I think is really crucial. Wow. She may not model having the cleanest floor in town or the most dust-free house, but what she models is caring for other people. I think of, um, you know, Proverbs 31. That's the sort of woman I think missionary moms can aspire to, involved in the world, caring for many people, caring for the home, caring for the children, uh, but it's not being the picture-perfect Pinterest mom. Um, so I don't know, maybe that's too long an answer, but I think, um, I think it's really important to not try to measure up to world standards because those are fickle, yeah, but really good. to uh, a mom who is centered in Jesus and then can pass on to her children uh, the strength that he gives. And that breeds resilience in children, helps them become 
good at coping with the world. Does that make sense to you, Aaron? 100%. 100%. And uh, value, wisdom, and insight, um, both as a mother, you're a mother, and then also, as you said, as a de- developmental psychologist, uh, it's uh, gold. And um, really appreciate appreciate your wisdom and insight. You know, as we, on this Mother's Day 2021, you know, I think um, letting go, the letting go years of motherhood maybe could be a little harder when you see a child maybe that's went back to their home country and they're not necessarily making the choices um, that align with the way they were brought up. And um, can you give some wisdom and insight for a mom that maybe that she's struggling um, this Mother's Day? looking from the wherever they're serving at, looking back to the home country, seeing a child that maybe is so far away from home, but maybe not making um, decisions that were, yeah, in the way that she cared for them and brought them up um, in the Lord. Yeah, well, that is very, very challenging, Aaron. Um, My heart goes out to moms who currently face such a struggle. And I think we we go with the promise that if we have laid the right foundation, if we've done the things that the Lord tells us in Deuteronomy, we teach our children, we we mentor them, we model the right things for them. At the point where we let them go, we have to trust that what we invested is going to, to work out. Now, a troubling trend right now is how many young Christians are living together before marriage and even having children together before marriage. Well, that's hard on all Christian families, but quite devastating missionary parents whose children are making that choice. So I think, again, here we we have to live by faith. We keep on loving, extending ourselves and our care to our children, no matter what choices they're making. Uh, It's tough. And uh, for any of us, of course, a natural thing is to worry about, well, what will people think? Well, people think all sorts of things we have no control over. But what we want to demonstrate is uh, is love that continues strong, unconditional love for our children who make what we think are wrong choices. One of the things I've experienced... When uh, we were in Wycliffe, I taught about 1,000 candidates who came through Wycliffe's training over a period of years. I can't tell you how many truly wonderful young mission candidates we had. And as their counselor, I would learn from them how far they went astray, especially in college years, delving into things of the world. And I'm sure their parents were all heartbroken during those phases. But what I saw is the Lord brought those young people back. Hmm. They came back, they had been taught, and then they were ready themselves to become missionaries. So whatever chapter a parent might find themselves in right now, remember it's just one chapter. My husband loves to say the story is not over yet. So it might be a dreadful chapter, even of drugs or promiscuity, that's not the final chapter and we trust God to bring fruit from what we've invested earlier wow but it I it's the most difficult time yeah another thing I'll say is we need compassion for young people because when they go back when they go to the parents homeland it is not going home to them hmm. they're really going to a foreign country 
when they returned to their parents' homeland. Um, one of our sons was so shocked in a Christian college at how kids behave. And after several weeks of distress, he said, hey, this is a foreign culture. I'll just apply what I've learned in anthropology. I'll look at this as a foreign tribe and I'm gonna find out what makes them tick. Well, that really helped him. Hmm. Uh, but I think we'd be really careful to empathize uh, with young people who were expected to go back to their parents' homeland and consider it home. So often it's not home. Wow. And their culture shock and even college shock uh, when they do go back or they go to that homeland of the parents. So that's another thing I just want to you know, recommend that we always have compassion because these young people on their own are going into a foreign land and we we can have expectations which don't match the reality. Wow. But again, work it out. And overall, MKs have a wonderful record. Yeah. Really, they do. Very good. Wow. We just find those who flounder until they find their footing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Dr. Dodds, I also wanted to ask you a question. You know, I think it's uh, many of the people that are overseas, mothers. um, Normally, if you're in your home country, you celebrate Mother's Day with your mom. And um, in some, you know, this this COVID uh, years have, uh, you know, we've talked about the how the pandemic has played on our emotions. Um, but what would you have encouragement for maybe a mom? This is one of her first Mother's Days away from her mom and maybe struggling to be away from her mom, maybe in this particular season. Maybe she's been on the mission field for for many, many years. But this this year, um, as Mother's Day is, is here, this it's just a specifically hard year from her, for her to be away from her mom. Would you have any encouragement for her? Well, yes, I wanna say, when you're the daughter and you're far from your own mom, it is hard. There's no way to ease that. In other words, we can't take away the reality. It's it's so much part of our identity. See, my identity, my identity is I was a daughter before I was a mother, hmm. and now I'm both. So how to love my own mother, how to honor her, it's part of the new identity I have to figure out when I become a missionary. You know, my identity changes. Things about me have to change. So one of those puzzles is... How do I be a good daughter to both my mother and my father when I'm so far away? Hmm. What we can look for is um, how to give back to them something of what they've given us. Now, the tangible evidence of that is lots of letters, messages. Nowadays, we have Skype and FaceTime, and um, we have many ways now to communicate. Uh, and sending small things. Um, I love get artwork my children have done or my grandchildren. I can send things like that both to my daughter now and to my mother who has passed away. But every small token that says, we're thinking of you today. And look, mom, you know, my little one can now write you a card or a letter or sing this little song on the tape recorder or over Skype. I think the caring, loving things are these everyday gestures. Now, my children have learned that what I most love is something they created. So it might be a symphony my son composed. 
It might be a book my son wrote. It might be a song that one of my grandchildren created. It might be a piano recording. It might be a work of art. These are things that I treasure. Hmm. So um, try to give back the things I learned. I learned to do for my mother. And as a mother now, I can do for my daughter. My daughter or sons can do for me. We just had a family crisis this week with a, a my sister becoming exceedingly ill and i was so thrilled because you know i sent an email to everyone and almost within minutes i had replies back from three generations of the family so we all care yeah and i I think to honor your own mother far away as she may be it's every sign of caring little texts little recordings little cards, little drawings, even a little sketch on the um, on the letter you write. Uh, anything that says, I'm thinking of you today and I want to share something from my life that shows me what I gained from you. Um, I know that's quite a long answer, but I think anything you do for a parent uh, is worth it. You know, the scriptures say, honor your father and mother so that it may go well with you so that you may have a long life. It's the first commandment with promise. And the promise is true because the more we honor our parents, the more they will honor others. And life becomes um, you know, so much more enriching all the way around. Amen, amen. Well, Dr. Dodds, um, do you have any, uh, this one more question before we, we go to prayer. Um, do you have any other, maybe just a word of encouragement for a mom that maybe has struggled in this year of uh, the pandemic and all that has went with it? And um, she just, uh, it's just not been her favorite year as, as a mom. Do you just have maybe a word of encouragement for her? Yes, I do, Erin. Um, I know it's easy for moms to feel trapped right now. This has been a very hard year with children at home, many of them out of school. Um, so it can it can be a difficult time right now. When your children look back on it, I think what they'll say is, it was wonderful to be with my mother so much. It was wonderful we had more time together. She didn't have to go out all the time. I think children's reflections will be very encouraging. And so moms, whatever you might feel trapped by, just remember this, you know, if you, maybe you're longing to write a book, you can do that and it'll sit on someone's shelf. Maybe you're longing to paint a picture and it will hang on someone's wall. Um, Maybe you're just longing to create that great sculpture for someone's garden, but none of those will reach out and touch you or hug you in the years to come. Wow. So. These achievements, though they may be notable, um, are not long-term rewards. I think of that even my own graduate students. I love them, they come into my life, I love them, I care, but they go, which they should. Yeah. But my, my grandchildren, they're here to stay. Yeah. So every everything I invest is rewarding. It's the most creative role in the whole world. Um, and it holds a fulfillment that nothing else does. So I just want to encourage you moms to by saying, even in this pandemic year, which has been very trying, what you have modeled for your children is it's part of their formation. It's part of their long-term development. 
they'll never lose it. So this is um, sort of an amazing opportunity to focus more on them. Uh, and if you have a picnic instead of your math lesson, it's okay. Yeah. Sometimes that's what children need. Um, so again, I want to just say, resting in the Lord and trusting in Him is the most valuable thing you can do for your children because He will always guide you Amen. when you seek for His wisdom. Amen. Amen. Well, Dr. Dodds, it's always a joy to spend time with you, and um, I love learning from you. Will you pray for our mothers today that are listening into this podcast? Um, pray for them on this Mother's Day 2021 for God's blessing and um, and pray for pray for the mothers today. Would you do that for us? Just love to do that. Dear Lord, you are the creator of all moms, and you wanted your own son, Jesus, to have an earthly mother. What could be more enlightening to us on the crucial role that you give to each of us who are mothers? So Lord, thank you that you call us to be mothers for each child that you put in our trust. And Lord, it may be a very hard time right now for some moms who might feel trapped by lack of resources or lack of energy or poor health. But Lord, I ask that each one will model for their children what you want them to learn. You've given each child to each mother for a specific reason. And you know how to match them up in a way that we never could so that each mother can be the teacher, the nurturer, the inspirer of her own child in a way that no one else can be. Lord, I thank you that you trust us with forming this human race in your image, made in your image. And Lord, that this is such a sacred trust. I pray for strength and wisdom to each mother who's listening today. You never leave us without resources. And you said that you love to give wisdom whenever we ask for it. So thank you, Lord, for this truly divine role of being a mother to one or more children. It's the most valuable thing that we can do to show our love for you, is to love our children well. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.